This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm so glad to welcome back Chase Replegal. Chase is a bivocational pastor and hosts the weekly Pastor Writer podcast. Chase holds a degree in biblical studies and a master's in New Testament. He's married to Ashley and they have two children. Together they live in Springfield, Missouri, where he enjoys being outdoors, sailing, playing the mandolin, and quail hunting with his bird dog, Millie. So I have to ask you, do you only play the mandolin outdoors? Well, you're actually gracious because my bio says that I play the mandolin badly. So usually I play it with as few people around as possible. At least that's what my wife hopes. But I do like playing it. That will uh, scare the quail away as well. So <laughs> yeah, you can't do those don't three Don't combine together. those. That's no, right. Don't, don't yeah. do it. So Chase, it's great to have you back on the podcast. What passage do you have for us today? Well, one of my uh, favorite passages, and it's a well-known verse from uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, is Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Uh, some commentators consider this to be Paul's thesis statement for the book of Romans, but it goes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Okay, so this verse, like you said, is the thesis statement, the keynote for the book of Romans. Can you set it in context, like what came before, what's going to come after? Help us get our heads around like how this verse is situated in the book of the Bible that it's in, which is Romans. Sure. So Paul is writing to a Roman church that he has not visited yet, but he hopes to. Mm -hmm. um, he knows many of the people during a, a, an exile of, of many of the, the Jews and Christians out of Rome. Many of them had fled and come to places where Paul had been, and some of them had returned to those churches. Um, Paul knows many of these believers there, but he's yet to arrive. And so in many ways, um, there's lots of theories about what Paul's doing in the book of Romans, but part of what he's doing is trying to introduce himself to that congregation in anticipation that he arrives. And it's interesting that he would open kind of from the very first chapter, just 16 verses in by saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You know, this, this is what this is going to be about. This is about what I'm doing, who I am as an apostle. Paul is saying the gospel is why I long to come to you and go on to other parts of the world. Um, and then Paul will spend most of the book of Romans sort of unpacking how the gospel is the power of God for salvation to those who will believe, those who will receive it by faith, belief and faith in the Greek being uh, the same word so often. So yeah, Paul's going to use this as kind of a trajectory for the rest of the letter to say, let me show you how the gospel, Christ's death, his resurrection, his ascension, reveals the power of God for salvation by faith for those who will believe in it. So Chase, you've got two kids, let's say you're four-year-old and seven-year-old, they're in the car, they're in the van, and you're driving somewhere, and you're going to explain this verse to them. What would that sound like? Yeah, sure. I would say what's really interesting about this verse is that Paul says that the power of God for salvation is in the gospel. So the, the energy, the momentum by which God is saving this world and redeeming this world is all caught up in this story, this good news gospel of how Jesus came into the world, bore our sins in death and crucifixion and was vindicated by God in resurrection and how he now sits at the right hand of God. That This story that Christ has died for us and offered us resurrection that's a simple story that you could learn one week in Sunday school. 
but it's also the power by which God is changing and redeeming and restoring all things. That story is simple enough that you could learn it in kids' church, and the great mind of the Apostle Paul could spend his entire life writing and preaching and studying that same story and never exhaust the power or the implications that are in it. So Paul, by saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, is saying, I'm going to give my life to knowing and understanding and living out this message of Jesus. Um, What do we do with it? What are we going to do with that gospel ourselves? So Chase, this verse is an important verse in the Bible, but how did it become important to you? How did God bring you and this verse together? Maybe this sounds a little bit um, silly, but I was in Bible college. Um, I was a a Christian. I was going to heaven. I loved the Lord, but I had some, I've often used the word a spiritual awakening, um, you know, in that I was a believer, but something, it was like I woke up to something I had been missing. And it was, uh, again, this is the part that may sound silly. It was that this whole story, this whole Bible is about Jesus. And that seems like a really obvious thing to say. And I can't imagine a Christian wouldn't say, oh yes, I agree with that. But in some way that became more than just an idea to me, it became a conviction that all of a sudden everything about how I was following God and practicing faith was really about knowing more of Christ and receiving more of this good news and that everything that I needed from God was somehow an implication of what Christ had done for me. It was a realization that I wanted to know Christ more and I wanted to receive more of whatever this good news is. I wanted all of the goodness that I could get out of it. And I remember coming across this verse in Romans and something about the way Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God just resonated with that experience that I was having as well too. And I wanted, it wasn't that I was high. I mean, I was studying to be a pastor. I wasn't like hiding the fact that I was a Christian, you know, but I wanted there to be that same sense of passion. I read in Paul's word. I am not ashamed of this message. And Paul lived in a world where he could have been. I mean, he goes on in another place to say that to the to many of the Jews, this is a stumbling block. It's an offense, this idea of a crucified Messiah. And, mm-hmm. and to the Gentiles, to the philosophers, it's foolishness. It's silliness. You worship a God crucified. Uh, but for Paul, there was something so deeply convicting about this message that he would declare from the opening lines of this letter to the church in Rome, I am not ashamed of this. This is what my life, my ministry, my identity, this is what I'm about, this good news of Christ. So over the years, since this verse just came alive in your own heart, how has the Lord used it to teach you what he's like? What do we learn about what our God is like from this verse? Yeah, well, number one, he says that this power is available for anyone who believes. And so I think God is opening a door, good news, power of salvation. If you believe, um, if you have faith, if you trust it, if you step into it, um, I think what we see about God is, is God is giving us an invitation. He has put his news, his revelation of himself, this good news, his power of salvation before us. And all he asks of us is that we would receive it, that we believe it, that we take it up for ourselves, uh, not to be ashamed of it, humiliated by it, but to, but to bear it. This is both a discipline. It takes intentionality to say, I want to know and understand this gospel, but it's also an incredible grace that doesn't say, here's the 16 things I need you to prove, right? Simply, have you believed this gospel? Hmm. What an incredible grace and what an incredible gift to just keep working that deeper and deeper into my life. Um, I think the verse says very clearly about God. He wants you to know and to receive this good news, and he wants you to experience the power of his salvation through receiving that message. It's an incredible verse of grace.
And we can pray just like the man in the Gospels, I believe, helped by unbelief. That's right. Well, Chase, thank you so much for reminding us about the power of God in the Gospel that we cling to by relying on Him. So would you just close our time by relying on Him for us and with us by closing our time in prayer? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Well, Heavenly Father, I, I just want to repeat those words. God, we do believe in you, and we pray you would help us to believe more. We've received this good news, but we pray that by your Spirit, you would help us to receive more of it, that we would work the gospel, your death and resurrection for us, deeper and deeper into the affections and the desires and, and the priorities of our life, and that God, from from every outward action to every inward thought, we would prove that we are not ashamed of this gospel, but that we cling to it, that it is the power of salvation for those who believe, and we do believe it. So help us to believe it more, to work it into our lives in even greater ways, and in the end to receive more of your grace, more of your salvation, to be ever more a new creation by your power. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.